Welcome to the Investor Shed Podcast with Nick Beveridge, the ultimate source for all things investing and beyond. For free tools, tips, and tricks, go to NorthIdahoREI.com. Today's episode features Chad Young. Chad is an entrepreneur who has a larger wholesaling business in the Inland Northwest. We talk about his background, business ownership, advertising, and much more. Stay tuned. All right, Chad Young. Thank you for coming. Yeah, I'm going to awkwardly shake around microphones. Yeah, no worries. Man. I'm excited <laughs> to be on this. I've seen at least a couple of these, and they've all I've learned stuff from every single one of them. So I'm excited to be on it. That is good to hear. I I think you're so you and 14 other people are hearing what we have to say here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gonna, yeah. Okay, everything starts. So um, so how long ago did you start in real estate? Good question. So I I you know I've been dabbling in real estate for like 10 years, but I got really serious about it um, probably about a year ago and launched the company that we have now on the first of the year. So it's I've really been hitting it hard since uh, January 1, 2020. So. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, because I, I remember meeting you back at one of the REI clubs um, yeah. just before you kind of really got into it. But I think you said you were going to mail out like 5,000 letters yeah. at the time. And I'm like, man, I got to meet with, the, I got to meet for, co- with, co- uh, I got to take this guy out for coffee Yeah, and edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, did, so too. what, that was nice. and I know you had another business mm-hmm. prior to this. Yeah. Uh, are you still in that business? I am. Yeah. We're doing a, we have a janitorial company, um, that we, my wife and I founded, about eight years ago, right, right about the time we got married. And yeah, it's doing great. We have a manager that uh, manages most of that. And um, I have pretty little involvement in it, which is the way I want it. I I kind of believe that businesses should work for you, not the other yeah. way around. So Wait, so you've been doing that 10 years? Uh, eight years, yeah. Eight years, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't look that old. When did I'm, you yeah, start that? I'm not. Uh, so I'm 29 now. We got married. Uh, we started in 2000. 13 so i would have been 22 at the time wow okay and and at that time did you have employees no my wife and i started out so we uh we saw that her parents owned a janitorial company we had other ones kind of scattered throughout our family and we just were like they get to work together and like they make decent money and they have days off and that was just really appealing to me um i love spending time with my wife and so we just we started a janitorial company sent out mailers yeah (laughs) yeah this was ghetto sending out mailers like going down the phone book and just writing places anyways we got businesses yeah to businesses we got a vet clinic for our first account and then uh took off from there we have about 30 buildings we clean now in the area and we have i think 11 employees and um so it's yeah it's been a a huge blessing so that's okay so so anybody who's like thinking of like starting an office somewhere what, what could they expect to pay for janitorial costs like monthly Oh, it's not. Oh, as far as like how much we charge to clean their building or like yeah, just, starting. Just curious, like what's the average going yeah, rate uh, if somebody has like a, a smaller, I don't know, 2,000 square foot office or. Our minimum every month is 375. So we don't even touch anything less than 375. And that's actually starting to increase too. But our bread and butter, we really, we target um, like five night a week accounts that are office and medical. And those are usually between two and 3,000 a month. So. Oh, wow. Um, that's okay. like our, our bread and butter. I, the smaller accounts are kind of, they're okay. They're good, but they're more difficult to hire and manage out and things like that. So, Right on. Okay. Yeah. 
So, um, so that was kind of in your family history. Is that uh, what got you started doing bit. that? Yeah, we uh, we started it, and then uh, ours quickly grew. I don't know. Everyone else in the family likes doing more of the mom and pop, like working it themselves, doing that. And, okay. Um, as I said, I, I didn't. I don't want to clean toilets. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. I, we pay people really good money to clean toilets, and I'm so grateful for them. But that wasn't my passion. My passion was to grow a business. So. Gotcha. Yeah. How much How much time do you spend, um, like hiring and firing people, in that in that business? Uh, firing almost never. We haven't had to fire somebody in a long time. Um, and then hiring. Every three or four months, we seem to go through kind of a cycle of having to hire one or two more people. So um, it's really not that bad. The weeks that I hire, I probably spend six to eight hours posting stuff, going through applications, things like that. So, And then I turn everything over to our manager. So, Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what like initially inspired you to actually grow a business out of it instead of just working it? Um, yeah, I just – I've always – um, I don't know. Business has always kind of been something that came naturally to me just by God's grace. And I just always, um, when you are doing something yourself, you're 100% limited. There's a ceiling you'll hit eventually. Mm-hmm. And to hit that ceiling and make a lot of money, you usually have to work a lot of hours. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I mean, not that I'm afraid of work. I love work. It's a very, very good thing, but um, I have a family and a life I want to live and things like that. And I want to be able to bless others. And you can only, if you're taking all those hours, you're taking hours from prospective employees and things like that. And so, right. Okay. So you're, you're coming from a mindset of abundance then where there's plenty of work out there yeah. you can share with employees and, yeah. and all. That. And if you really believe like your business, as I'm sure you do in yours, that you are here to bless people and help other people. The bigger you get, the more you're able to do that for people and just a bigger blessing you're able to get to people. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah, abundance mindset. So. Yeah. No, I, I totally understand that. Um, I feel like the more jobs I give away, um, the more money I make. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And the more I try to keep, anytime I've been in life, because I've been there, it's been a roller coaster, you know, business the last 10 years or so. Yeah. And anytime I try to keep something for myself and, oh, I'm just going to work on this by myself. Um, it doesn't go well. Yeah, <laughs> that's the truth. Um, but in business, it seems to always go well when you just put the right person on the job mm-hmm. and st- stay away from it and go create more jobs. Yeah, completely. Yeah. No, I yeah. totally agree. So what, um, did you do anything before your janitorial business? Uh, I was an army reservist for six years. I joined oh. when I was 17. Um, while doing that, you're able to work a civilian job as well, which is really nice. And so I, uh, was a personal financial rep at a bank opening like new accounts, um, health savings accounts, savings accounts, checking, things like that. And then um, I got a lot of my kind of sales experience in a commission position at an insurance agency local here that was uh, Dickinson Insurance. And the guy that ran that was, um, I highly, highly respect. His name's JD. And he he just taught me about numbers, just marketing, how it's just a numbers game. And I, I love that. I absolutely love that. I learned so much from that position. Um, did that for about two years, um, and then went straight into janitorial. So, okay, wow, yeah. So you've done a lot. <laughs> uh, well, no, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have done a lot more, but yeah. Well, I'm sure. I mean, it helps to have a sales experience background mm-hmm. before you jump into real estate in general, right? Yeah. Um, so what? So what was it that actually motivated or pushed you towards going uh, towards real estate? 
I always wanted to invest in it. We literally started the janitorial company so that we could have money to invest in real estate. Uh, okay. uh, back when I thought you needed money to invest in real estate, I was yeah. just naive <laughs> to that at the time. Um, but I read, I'm one of those like weird kids that at 16 was reading like Rich Dad, Poor Dad and like The Millionaire Next Door. And um, I've always been fascinated by real estate. I had my grandpa in town flipped yeah. like, over 200 homes in the area. That's all he did for his career other than ministry and things like that. But uh, um, yeah, I've just always, I see super, super successful people and 90% of the time they did something with real estate. And it's just real estate's sexy, man. You go on a trip and you stay in an Airbnb and you're like, this house is awesome. Yeah. And real estate is really attractive to me. I Like the buildings themselves are just beautiful. I really appreciate real estate. And so and I know there's huge returns on your investment. And so I've always been very interested in it. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, it's never boring every time you're buying a new property. Yeah. It's always intriguing. And That's the truth. Not yet anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so 16 years old, reaching or reading uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. Did anyone like hand you the book or like how did you stumble into that? <sighs> Man, that's a... You know, I don't even know. That was about half my life ago. Uh, I know my mom always read financial books, but she was like super conservative in her investing strategies. Um, so she would read a lot of like that stuff and and just be like, nope, you got to put like 20% down on each rental. And I mm-hmm. think, unfortunately, a lot of that was ingrained in me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's great for some people, just that's not the investment strategy I wanted to take, nor is it the one I take now. Um, and so, yeah, I really don't know. I read like one book and then it was like, boom, 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 boom. And I just started flying through financial books and I I just loved them. Yeah, they're really nice. So. Okay, cool. Well, I don't think it's that weird. I mean, I started at 17. Yeah. Reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So yeah, I was a weirdo too, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> if anybody has not read that book, yeah, read that book. It's you got to read the book. Yeah, it'll it'll change your perspective on money. It's or crazy. listen to the audio. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's free on YouTube. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. So moving back, moving forward. Um, so eight years in the janitorial business. Yeah. What are those, like over time, did you start working less and less and hire more and more? Completely. Yeah. We, uh, within about three years, we were able to start hiring accounts out. Um, and then probably two years later. So at about five years into the eight years, um, everything was hired out and we were just managing people, which is what I wanted to do. And then um, about two or three years ago, we hired an operations manager who went out and did quality control checks on buildings. She did supply runs, helped train employees, things like that. Um, I'm really, really big on like the delegate and elevate type of model. Um, yeah. If you can do it, somebody can do it even better than you and teach them how to do them, do it, pay them well. So nice. yeah, so it, it pretty much, it runs itself. I spent about, um, uh, maybe one, one maybe two hours a week in it right now, just basically. Oh, that's all. Okay. Yeah, it's our manager. She handles all the communication with employees, with clients, training. If we don't have to hire somebody, I'm like, people don't even know I'm in that business. So so with the janitorial business, yeah. um, obviously it makes money for you. Does well. Why leap towards real estate? Yeah, I, uh, our son, his name is Cruz. And when we had Cruz, I went from like being slowly interested in real estate, like we'd picked up some rentals and things like that to like, okay, I really have to get serious because I, yeah. We so just, hold on. 
so you just you picked up some rentals can you can you talk about the first one you bought and how you yeah. made that work uh the very first <laughs> rental i bought was actually uh a primary home of mine okay but in 2010 good way to start yeah i was 19 years old and i got a rural development zero down loan Nice. Uh, USDA loan. Personally, I think that's crazy that they would give a 19-year-old a house with no money down. It's an awesome program if you can take <laughs> take advantage of it. Um, but luckily, they gave it to somebody who is financially responsible. Um, and I, my mortgage payment was $497. Okay. And I had two roommates that paid me $250 each, so I cash flowed $3. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyways, we nice. ended up selling that house a uh, number of years later. Uh, for a lot more than what we bought it for. And we rolled those proceeds into a duplex that cash flows $1,000 a month and has been really good for us. Um, and then we own our primary home, so that's it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So you rolled the proceeds of the first rental into uh, buying a duplex? Yep. Okay, is that yeah. duplex in town? It's in Rathroom. Yeah. In Rathroom, okay, mm -hmm. gotcha. Yeah. Um, does that one cash flow okay? Are you planning on keeping that one, or are you gonna? Yeah, no, it does really. It it does about a thousand bucks a month right now. Um, okay, so we're cool. Yeah, we have no no plans on selling that, and it's a we're going forward. We want to start picking up like next year. The plan is to pick up twelve rentals. We kind of want to do one a month. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm really selective about the rentals. Like this one, I think was built in two thousand five, so it's it's newer. Okay, cool. Um, so many guys buy houses with character. They call it. Uh -huh. And, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe I'm just, I'm novice, man, but that's a little out of my wheelhouse right now. Everything I've wholesaled or flipped this year that has character, like it costs a lot of money to fix that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Old houses. I hate old houses. Yeah, I do too. It's, they're not, they're great for flips and wholesales and things like that, but for rentals, it's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. So yeah. Things are just built so much better today. Yeah. Like by a long shot. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think people that just don't understand that at all, they just, they fall in love with old character stuff and they just, it becomes a money pit. Yeah. <laughs> they should develop a slogan like character costs or something. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, newer homes are awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I saw you recently. Are you developing a couple homes right now? Building from the ground up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're building seven houses awesome. right now. Um, a few in, uh, most of them in Bonner County. Cool. And, uh, one in Post Falls. Awesome. Um, Love to keep them all as rentals, but yeah. numbers just don't make yeah. too much sense. It makes a lot more sense to flip them to this market. That's insane right now. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm buying a couple other rentals that I'm remodeling right now. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I have bought new construction rentals before. Interesting. And um, numbers at the time worked out great. <laughs> yeah. Houses were um, a little cheaper then. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. And this was just a couple of years ago or yeah. two, three years ago, but. We can get into that another time, yeah. but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of new construction. Yeah. 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 That's kind of an end game for us. Uh, but there, especially we just took on a flip that started last week and I realized I, there's so an unbelievable amount more that I need to know about construction in general. Yeah. Like how to swing a hammer would be really handy. Things like that. And, oh yeah, I need to know so much more. Yeah. But we have good people, good teams. So. That is good. I my brother and I got, we got decent at construction just by like, we hired a really good experienced handyman yeah. and we would just be like his assistants yeah. on a whole flip and just whatever you need. Okay. Show us everything and, yeah. and use YouTube and all that. And yeah. felt like that really helped us get a great knowledge of 
construction yeah. just doing a couple of flips yeah it, no it's somebody been, who's an expert yeah. the the best learning experience and i believe this in just about anything you do in life is when you just jump into it like mm -hmm. i we, this flip i bought and i was like yeah i don't know what my renovation budget is going to be <laughs> i don't really know where repairs need to go into this but we got a, like a big enough deal on it to where a lot of stuff could go wrong and we'll still make money and so um our contractor right now who's actually my stepbrother um we walked through the house this week and it's just, oh my gosh, I've learned more in like five days of being in that house and books and videos and oh, seminars yeah. and it's crazy. It's fun. It's really fun. Books and videos and seminars, they are a great way to waste time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If you want to learn. Yeah, that's the truth. Um, I, yeah, it probably sounds hypocritical a little bit, but um, just the effectiveness of learning when you're on the site is so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Like there is podcasts, things like this, books that you read, they're amazing. But if they don't make you take action, they're pointless. Yeah. Absolutely pointless. Mm -hmm. but. Okay. So, um, so you got a duplex at mm -hmm. this time while you're building your uh, janitorial business and um, mm -hmm. you slowly, so after just three years or so, you started hiring people? Yeah, it or, might not, yeah, maybe or two years. Contracting them out. We, uh, my wife and I, like absolutely love to backpack. And I think the second summer we had the business, we hired like a really, really minimally part-time employee, so that we could get out and do a lot of backpacking that summer. So, but yeah, yeah, about that. Okay. Um, all right. So you, you're getting into real estate. Um, what direction in real estate are you focusing on? Right now, we're focusing on wholesaling, um, which for those people that don't know what wholesaling is, um, at its basic form, it's literally um, learning how to source or find discounted real estate. Um, and uh, so with that wholesaling, we sell those homes to other investors, or we take them down and fix and flip them, or we take them down and like what we did with you, it's called the whole tail where we mm -hmm. put it right back on the MLS. Yeah. Like um, that afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was, <laughs> gosh, man, talk about amazing flips. Yeah. Um, and then, or we're getting to the point where we're going to keep a bunch of them as rentals, but we had to build up a, a pretty big capital reserve, which we've been able to do. So, okay. So if I'm, so you, you started the wholesaling business first so that you can get the cash to buy more rentals. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. We literally started the wholesaling first so that we could find our own deals this market is extremely competitive mm -hmm. um and i kind of just the natural progression of things i was like hey how am i going to find my own deals well i got to learn how to market to distressed properties or distressed homeowners distressed scenarios and then throughout that it was like well there's a lot of these houses that i don't really want to flip like this is way bigger of a project i don't even know what i'm doing yeah um but i know a guy that knows how to flip these and so um we basically flip the paper i'll get the contract yeah. um, and it's an assignable contract and somebody else will close on that sometimes um sometimes we will close on it and then resell it to an investor it's, there's kind of, there's a lot of different exit strategies but okay so let's let's talk about assignment a little bit yeah um you're you're doing this in both washington and idaho right correct yeah yeah so are is there any difference in legalities when you're wholesaling it, do you know of and when you're going uh, in washington versus idaho I would definitely talk to an attorney about that. But what we did is we basically brought our contracts to an Idaho attorney and a Washington attorney. Oh, okay. And we said, hey, can you please review these? This is what we're doing. We're wholesaling real estate. It's assignable contracts. Um, sometimes if we don't close on them, we could assign them. Yeah. Um, and they reviewed the contracts and said, you're good to go. There are states like Illinois 
um, that wholesaling is illegal without a realtor's license. And so there's really things shifting in the industry right now. Okay. Um, the uh, National Association of Realtors, um, I love realtors, I love you, but they are pushing pretty heavily to change the laws for real real estate wholesaling. I don't love the National Association of Realtors <laughs> at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. <laughs> I, I'm a required member. Yeah. I mean, to have my real estate, unless, um, unless I was to go start my own office, which yeah. I'm a broker, I can do that. I don't have to be a member of the Realtors, but I do to have the MLS. Yeah. So, so they kind of have a have to, monopoly yeah. on the system. Yeah. It's, it's a double-edged sword, but, yeah. um, yeah, I'm not a fan of the Realtors Association at all. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't, I don't, they're changing laws cause yeah. And to be fair, there's a lot of wholesalers and people investing out there that they're not in it for the right reasons and they're not doing things the best way. And I do think that those things need to be kept in check. Um, but it's not, a, in my opinion, it's not a blanket resolution to it so you can't just say oh it's illegal without a realtor's license because there's dirtbag realtors out there man you can't just say you got to put a license on it and now that person's a good person i mean it's so that's my little two cents on it but yeah no license really is it's a it's permission to make money from a state yeah. <laughs> in general yeah. and to pay there's, them to do so <laughs> yeah <laughs> and to pay them for that permission yeah i don't ever um, want to become a licensed realtor. I hope it doesn't necessarily not. mean that you're in, you're in good hands. Yeah. If you're dealing with someone who's licensed, they just went through the required application process and yeah. stuff, but pretty much, I mean that, that can get politicized, I'm sure quite yeah. a bit. And so we'll move on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as of this point, that's what we're focusing on is really building our brand, building out the company, um, figuring out kind of what we want to do with it. So, okay, cool. Yeah. All right, so you're good for both Washington and Idaho. Is there one mm-hmm. state that you prefer or the other? Um, do you, do you I care? prefer Idaho really? for okay. picking up properties. Um, just because it's my backyard, I live here. I don't have to drive as far. The renter laws are much more friendly towards landlords. Yeah. Um, and Idaho is just, especially, we've kind of seen some major shifts with COVID and like what the government say you can and can't do. And Idaho has been great, and Washington has not been great on that. They've been... Uh, really difficult to work with. But adversely, there's a lot more distressed properties in um, Washington. And we pretty much contacted every single person with equity in their house in Kootenai County, which is the main county we target over here, got two deals. And then it was like, well, you can't like keep bugging these people. So uh, there's just a much bigger pond to play in in Spokane, so to speak. So That's true. I mean, what do you have, four or five times more of a population? About that, yeah. And the amount of distressed homes is a, a lot more. Yeah, it's yeah. quite a bit. So do you have to be careful about, like, which neighborhoods in Spokane you go into? Are there some that you just avoid that you know you can get great deals but don't even bother? Or do you just go after whatever I, has good equity? Is there always a buyer? Um, we've always found a buyer. We've been really blessed. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I have Billy Deese, which is the uh, realtor you yeah. referred me to over there is your counterpart over there. You're all my Idaho stuff. He's all my Washington stuff. And I pretty much had a conversation with him cause I know Kootenai County. Like I, there's not really anywhere in Kootenai County. I wouldn't want to invest maybe a couple of pockets. Yeah. But I told Billy, I'm like, dude, I know nothing about Spokane. Just tell me like, I'll send you a deal for comps. And if it's a bad neighborhood, just let me know. Other than that, I'm going to push forward. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I so you got somebody you trust. Yeah. That, 
Okay. Yeah, because Spokane's huge, man. It's gonna take me a decade to like even learn the streets over there. But I don't even bother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maps it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, what what do you enjoy most about wholesaling? What do you enjoy least? Yeah. Uh, man, that's a great question. What I enjoy most about wholesaling is the speed with which you can make money and help people. Um, for instance, we, I got a home under contract, uh, Friday was today, Monday. Yeah. Found a buyer for a Saturday for $45,000 more than what we had under contract. That's like a day and it's got a two week close period. So, I mean, there's just very little areas you can make that much money that fast. Um, and we're able to help people extremely quickly, which is awesome. There's um, when I got into this, it was like, nobody's going to want to sell their home at a discount. Like, that's crazy. I would never do that. There are a lot of situations where people, I've literally talked to people that were like, I talked to three realtors and the realtors won't even list my house because it has too many repairs that it needs done or yeah. um, just all sorts of stuff. Of families are breaking up because they inherited a house and one sibling wants to sell, one sibling wants to keep it and stuff gets crazy and they just, they need the problem solved quickly. And that's where I'm able to come in. Um, so that's what I like most about it is you make a lot of money helping people, which is really, really unique. Um, what I like the least out of it, oh man, there's not a lot I don't like about it. Um, I got fleas on me in a house like two weeks ago. That was, that sucked. That oh. place was nasty. Like I, <laughs> So this is just a quick story. I go out of this house in Deer Park yeah. and I walk in and I'm taking pictures and I'm like, wow, that's like quite the, quite the smell in this house. And it's just like floor to ceiling garbage. And, uh, was this one that you sent me? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, it was. $50,000 yeah. place. Yeah. 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 And, uh, so I, the gal, like two minutes in this walkthrough, she's like, you're going to want to make sure you brush off your legs. We have fleas. And I'm like, flea, what the heck? And I like look down at the carpet and the whole carpet is moving. Like, I'm not even kidding. Stuff is just oh my bouncing everywhere. And I'm like. You don't have fleas. Like, you have what sh- should be burned down. Someone is living there. Yeah, dude. And it was really sad. Again, one yeah. of those scenarios where stuff needs to change for this person really badly, really quickly. And so I got it under contract for $45,000. And uh, and I was driving home, and I was talking to another wholesaler, and I was like, I did a joint venture with another company. And I'm talking to him about that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, I just got fleas at this house. Like, I spent like 20 minutes picking them off my legs. And he's like, oh, yeah, dude, we looked at some land out there. And, like, it only goes for, like, $50,000 for 10 acres or something. And I'm like, shoot, I just got that under, like, <laughs> 45000 And so I literally went home that night and I uh, canceled the contract, called the person back and said, you know, there's way more repairs than I thought. Yeah. And somebody I had talked to about that, like, an hour later was like, hey, man, I'll take that for, like, 60 And I had canceled the <laughs> yeah, contract. Canceled. Yeah. Oh. So couldn't go back to it. I have learned a lot. No, I tried to go back to it, and she's like, "Nope, you canceled it. We're gonna sell it to someone else." I'm like, "Wow, solid." Just lost like fifteen thousand bucks because I'm stupid. <laughs> uh, so learning learn. curve. That's how you learn. Yeah, that's how you learn. You lose lose some money. By God's grace, I didn't lose money. I just didn't make the money. It's yeah, not you just like lost I, an opportunity. Yeah, I lost an opportunity. But uh, yeah, dude, I've had to go in some houses where like just the five minutes I was in the house was horrible. And I don't know how people mm-hmm. live in those houses. And so that's kind of the worst part. And seeing, I've seen some legitimately like sad scenarios where the people, they need help not only in them selling their house, but like these people need help in their lives. Like they need 
mental health. They need uh, a community of people to surround them and uplift them. And uh, they just didn't have that. It was really sad. Yeah. No, I, I, I have changed my mind about wholesalers in general. Yeah. Because I remember when I first kind of got into real estate, um, I thought wholesalers were kind of shady. Yeah. And man, you're just robbing people of equity. Yeah. And that's just, that was just my mindset. And then over the years I started buying some deals from wholesalers and seeing the situation that these sellers were in. And I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. They're not, these aren't the, some of these people, they're not going to put their house on the market. Mm -mm. They're just not there. No, they're not going to get things cleaned up. They're a realtor won't even come in here that like they need, they need to stay in the house after, you know, after closing mm-hmm. their uh, creative things need to happen. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I started realizing, Oh yeah, it's, it's almost like in the car business where you have some junky cars that people just need to drive. If they can make it to the dealership to just turn it in. Yeah. It <laughs> they don't care what it's actually, what it could be worth if it's cleaned up. Yeah. They just need to get rid of it. Yeah. And we've um, had scenarios too. Like we have this parcel of land listed with you right now that we got. In. Um, and I told the gal, I, I, I told her when I bought this property, I said, Hey, the comps are like way all over the board for this. Like there's a parcel that sold for 10,000 more for yours than yours. And then like 50,000 more than yours. And mm-hmm. I told her up front, I said, if I can sell this for more than what I'm anticipating, I'm going to give you more money. Like I'm going to come back after the sale and give you money just cause that's the type of business I am genuinely in this to help people. I'm not in it to like take every penny I can off the table. Yeah. And so you just, you can't do that in a traditional sale. Like that just doesn't happen. No. Your bank's not going to give you a loan for 300,000 and be like, you know what? This house is actually worth more. Why don't you go and give the seller 5,000 more? Uh, it doesn't work. Um, but we're able to do that and stuff like that. So I agree. There are some wholesalers that they do take advantage of people. And, and uh, yeah, I've had some calls where I literally, I told the people, they're like, hey, I'll sell this for 125 And I went in their house. I'm like, I'll buy it for 140 Like, I'm, I'm not yeah. going to. That's crazy. Don't sell it for 125 That's not good. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah. I'm, we're really in it to help people. Yeah. So, um, okay. So what, have you made any, have you bought any rentals then since you started wholesaling? I haven't. We've only done nine. Uh, we didn't even get our first deal until like May. So we've only really been doing deals, my company, for about four months. And we've done nine deals in that time um well that's a lot yeah it's been it's been a a big blessing just nine over the summer i've been happy with it um but there was one i wanted to keep it was that house on guy road that we actually wholetailed with you that's right yeah i wanted to keep that so badly it was like such a nice newer home Um, but i had a partner at the time and uh and the best thing for us to do was to inject a lot of cash into the business at the time so we did that and i I want more of those houses to come up because it was such a sweet house. Yeah. But yeah, it was an easy deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy easy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right on. So what's, so it's funny. I, last week driving in my, um, Dodge going to Lowe's to get lumber and I hear a radio ad pop up oh, and yeah. it's, <laughs> it's your voice. Hi, this is Chad with Homebuyer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah. And then like, I think that later that night or the next day, I'm getting Facebook ads targeted towards me. Yeah, from your company. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you're, you've really stepped up your marketing game here recently, haven't you? Yeah, I uh, I love marketing. Marketing is the lifeblood of any business, and uh, it's fun. Yeah, I, it's fun. I like be uh, marketing to me is a machine. 
you put in a dollar and it spits 10 back to you or five back to your three, you know, whatever your ROI is for that. But yeah, we're, uh, yeah, we're doing a lot of marketing right now. So. Gotcha. So you got radio ads, um, you're doing Facebook marketing. What other kind of marketing are you doing? We, so we, this year have done direct mail, um, texting campaigns where we blast out tens of thousands of text messages, um, cold calling. We've done, uh, gosh, man, we've done everything. Um, Facebook ads, pay-per-click ads, radio, search engine optimization, optimization. We're doing a lot in, uh, what I'm trying to do now is more of inbound marketing. Um, so pay-per-click ads on Google, Facebook ads, radio, we're looking at TV, um, things like that, just cause, uh, it's just a different lead source. You know, when you mail out, like you said, like five, 10,000 mailers, you have people that call you and tell you to sit on like sharp objects and things <laughs> like that. Um, and those phone calls aren't super fun. <laughs> no. All those went to voicemail and I would return the people who were not threatening. Yeah. Um, but I really like inbound marketing to me. Uh, it's a lot more respectful. Like when I get a text message from somebody that's like, Hey, do you want to sell your house fast? I'm like, dude, why are you texting me? Like there's for one, I'm on the do not call list. Um, but that stuff just kind of irks me. And, uh, we did deals that way, but I just kind of quickly found out, um, I like inbound marketing more. I want the person that's going to Google me. And, uh, yeah. it's just it, the conversations you have with people. And when you are in it to help people and people come to you that want help, you're not seeking them out. They come to you. Uh, it's just a different beast and I, I enjoy it a lot more. It's, it's not going to burn me out. So, yeah. And it won't burn out our future team members, things like that. So, yeah, you can burn out quick yeah. with, when you're sending out letters and getting calls from people that yeah. don't want to talk about their house. Yeah. And they want to like, talk about why you sent them a letter. Exactly. It's, it's interesting. I remember I got a, I, I think my, my brother and I, when we first started like getting into flipping houses, mm-hmm. we, we did two or three campaigns of mail. Mm-hmm. And um, this gym owner off 4th Street in Coeur d'Alene got a letter from me. And he wanted, he was basically telling me to stop by, drop him off 100 bucks, or he's going to blast me <laughs> or complain to the Real Towards Association that I had misleading ads. And just, it was just so weird. And I just, yeah. I just dropped him like, oh, I don't want to deal with this kind of shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was, and I think his business went broke. It was the, you know the trek shop why. there's a trek shop yeah but whatever gym was there before that yeah. that owner's a piece of shit <laughs> no wonder he's gone there's but, people out there man that we have people you should seriously go f and kill yourself and i'm like dude i mailed you a card yeah like, you get i'm sure you get junk mail all day long Throw it in the are you calling everybody else that sent you a letter yeah, man. And I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of those whatever's going on in their life there's something and i wasn't i was just a tipping point but yeah it's just sad not the conversations i want to have <laughs> yeah but we did. We made money off of them, but just, yeah, I don't want to have them. And I'm lazy. Oh, my gosh, am I lazy. I want the calls to come in. I don't want to I don't want to make calls. I don't want to – yeah, I don't want to do that. I just want my phone to ring. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, what what uh, marketing source do you would you say so far is, like, the least effective? That's hard because we've done deals on everything. Okay. Um, we literally have done deals from pay-per-click. Uh, we just started Facebook ads, so I can't attest to that. We've okay. done them from texting, from cold calling, from radio, um, from referrals. We've done deals from just about everything. Um, my take on marketing is nothing is ineffective as long as you are consistent 
Yep. But some things require more maintenance. Um, and you get higher return on investment from some channels. Um, I'm still building the data on what my ROI looks like. So yeah. I don't have still a lot. relatively new. Yeah. But uh, I mean, like, for instance, on that texting campaign for, from that house on Guy Road, made like $49,000 on that from a text that costs like a penny to send. And the yeah. platform we use costs like $500 a month to use. So our, our return on investment was astronomical for that. Right. Um, but it was just not, yeah, we ran out of people to contact. It's getting pretty saturated for people that are using texting platforms, especially in Spokane market. Okay. Um, they're all good. Whatever marketing you do, just do it consistent. There's a lot of people that try something for three months, didn't work. Try something for two months, didn't work. And they just switch and switch and switch. Just continue to do it. The same things for marketing have existed since the beginning of products. Um, and everybody has made money off of them. Nobody has failed in any one category. And so it's just, you just got to do it consistently. You have to know who you're targeting, know what message to get them and when to get it to them. It's basically yeah. marketing. So Okay. Um, I'm curious about the radio ads. Yeah. Is that is that really expensive to put on? It's very expensive. To put on. Yeah. <laughs> Can you um, give us a little idea? Of, yeah. So of... a station um, is... So we play 100 ads a month, and the station, our average station is about $2,000 for what they would charge people. I don't pay that because as a wholesaler investor, I don't pay full price for anything. Um, <laughs> so you negotiated the radio ad? I did, but it nice. took months. It took, <laughs> okay. And I still have some stations that are like, you're high. I will, like, you will never get ads on our station for that. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, just, yeah. I'll wait. Um, but yeah, if, if we were paying full price for all of our stations, It'd be upwards of like fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars a month for, for a radio. Okay, but because we're for it to play a hundred times. Yeah, because we're on seven the month. seven stations right now, so we have seven hundred sixty second ads. Um, Is there? Do they have any kind of data at all on like how many people could be listening at any one oh yeah, time? Absolutely, TV does. Because uh, I'm curious, radio how, does. Like, it's how all... does the radio know how many people are listening? Yeah, it's like kind do of they a... do they are they able to track that data anytime you're. Randomly tune no, in. No, they're not able car? to track that. What they do is they send out mailers. It's the same with TV. Okay. They send out a mailer and say, if you fill this out, we'll pay you three bucks. And they'll mail you a check for three bucks or whatever. And ah. um, our radio rep was literally like, I don't know like how accurate this data is. Because I remember getting these as a kid. And my dad's like, here, here's three bucks to fill this out. And I just checked boxes. So, yeah, we don't really know. I mean, you obviously okay. want to target homeowners and um, – Do they give you a rough idea how many people it's going to hit? Yeah, per, so uh, – between our seven stations, they call them CUMES. That's your weekly cumulative listeners. Um, we are probably having th between three and 350,000 CUMES um, that we played during those times. Wow. Whether people had the radio on at that specific moment, who knows? I mean, it's kind of okay. a crapshoot. But when right. you have 700 ads, you're going to get some traction. Okay. So. What kind of And what kind of calls... Does that has that brought in many calls so far? Yeah, radio ads? Uh, we're getting a lot. Uh, so we're talking about like targeting in marketing with texting, cold calling, mailers, things like that. You can literally target specific homes. That home's on a pre foreclosure list. This yeah. home is on a high equity list. This home has been owned for twenty years. Things like that. Yeah. Um, with radio, you can't target anything. It's like spray and pray and so yeah you're just shooting a shotgun in the air and seeing if anyone gets exactly shot. <laughs> yeah and so i'm getting a lot of rural leads like guys that have 
older manufactured homes on like 10 acres, like a hundred miles out of town because the radio casts a large net. And so those aren't bad leads right now. I can't do anything with those, man. I <laughs> hook me up with somebody because I can't, I can't move those to save my life. Really? But uh, yeah, there. I mean, it'll be people like way the heck out there. But uh, I get a lot of those. I get a lot of contractors that call and they're like, "Hey, I'm not licensed or bonded, but I do a lot of work. And would you hire me?" I'm like, "Okay, well, for one, no, get licensed and bonded, <laughs> and two, like work on your sales pitch." Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, don't start out with your disqualification. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been good. We, uh, we'll get calls from like other people wanting us to advertise cause they heard our radio ad. So you just kind of got to sift through the stuff. Um, I haven't closed any deals. Oh, you know what? No, I did close one deal though. That land we're flipping with you on the Idaho side. That was radio lead. Was it? Okay. Um, was that radio? Yeah, I think that, I think that was radio. I'm, I'm horrible at tracking this stuff right now. Like I'm still building all the data for yeah. it. Um, and then, yeah, we've done some deals over in the Spokane market for it, but it's been not too bad. Um, a lot of what I hear in my industry too is like 75% of your deals come from follow-up. And so mm-hmm. only having done this for a couple months, I, this could be really productive, could be not too productive. Um, we have different phone numbers for each radio station for every type of marketing that we do. And we track the amount of calls that we get. Um, so in time when we have enough data, we can tell, yes, this panned out, this didn't put more money here, take money yeah. away from there, things like that. Yeah. I, I got, since, since you're relatively somewhat newer in the real estate yeah. world, I'm just going to give you one piece of advice and that's definitely track all your data Yeah. over time. Yeah. Just do it right from the start. Yeah. Cause it, it really kind of helped me and my team focus on what works mm-hmm. over time. Cause we, um, if I didn't track it, I wouldn't have realized that my average sale came from a year and a half's worth of work. Yeah. Like 18 months was the average from when wow. I first talked to somebody. Cause I'm able to, I don't delete emails or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm able to go back and track. I can, awesome. I save my phone history, yeah. save phone calls. That's awesome. And, um, I've been able to find out that, yeah, from the moment I first talked to somebody, when we actually sell them something, the yeah. average is like 18 months. That's awesome. Um, and we have in our spreadsheets of every transaction, with anytime we go pending on something, we mm-hmm. have a drop down. Where did this lead come from? Mm. And it's, you know, personal sphere, or referral or client referral, past referral, some yeah. sort of marketing, lender referral, something like that. Yeah. Um, that way over, you know, by the end of each year, we can see on a pie chart. That's okay. Awesome. What, what was the most effective and what should we focus on more next year? Yeah. Maybe, maybe drop a few things mm-hmm. and save some time and just, okay. We're so I would, um, encourage that if you're bad at tracking, yeah. Hire somebody to track it. Yeah, we have a, a CRM, a client relationship manager, uh-huh. whatever they call them. Um, and it's, it's, we just have updated this one. We were using Podio for a while and it's like Chinese. It's crazy. And then we went to a, a different one called RE Simply. Um, and it's awesome. It's, it allows us to track all of our key profit indicators, things like that, your KPIs and yeah. where things come from. And uh, in this, there's a ton of automation. So it takes a lot of follow up out of me. Like if somebody says, no, you were too high. We're not going to take your offer. I literally like click two buttons and it sets them up in a drip campaign yeah. to where they get a text message four months later. And then they get a, a ringless voicemail drop from me. And then there's oh, a reminder awesome. for me to call them. In. And so I have automated follow-up for like three years or something. So I don't have to do that. It's I click the button and it's done. And right. But so, you do have to initially set it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to input the client. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that take the initial notes. Yeah. yeah. Set it and forget it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, so how many rentals do you have now? Just, you got just a duplex or we have just have... a duplex. Um, okay. 
we're going to be probably moving out of our house in the next couple of years. And we just, cause we will have three kids in a three bedroom house, which it works, but mm-hmm. um, we'll just need something a little bit bigger. And uh, we just refinanced that to a crazy low rate. And so it will make sense as a rental when we move out of it, which is, Always kind of been our goal when we move out of a house. It's either going to roll into a rental or become a rental. And so. Yeah. No, I think that's smart. Yeah. Try not to sell your real estate. (laughs) And it's a three-year-old house. So nothing should be going on with that anytime soon. God willing. That's great. Yeah. Um, Any other advice for, for, since you've been kind of awesome your first year, you've already done nine deals. So if you didn't do any more deals, you think you'd be all right? We'd be. For the, for the uh, year? Okay. uh, We've made in the last Three and a half, four months, we've made about three times what we made all of last year with 10 employees. So, <laughs> well, yeah, we're doing, we've been super blessed. That's um, awesome. Yeah, my only advice, uh, just find your why in business. Like, okay. if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, you're like a, a ship without a rudder. Our, our mm-hmm. why for our business actually comes out of the book of Philippians, which uh, the Apostle Paul wrote when he was in jail to encourage the church in Philippi that he had founded. Um, and I think it's uh, in the second chapter, he, he just kind of drops this one-liner um, and he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value other people as more important than yourself. And that has been like an anthem for my and my wife's life. It's been an anthem for our business um, businesses. And so we, whatever we are doing, we, and it's hard, pride creeps in, things like that, but we always try and take a position of valuing other people and their needs above yeah. ours. Um, and we've just found that when you do that, what you do flourishes because you're helping people. And there's a lot of people that are not helping people out there. And that's crazy to me. You, whatever you're doing, you need to do it to help people. Regardless of what product you're selling, what service you're providing, it needs to help people and better their lives. Um, and that's our why. So find your why and it will motivate everything you do. Anything you do, you will view through that lens, which is super important to your business. Wow. Well, so with such a specific life purpose like that, it's no wonder you're a success. So thank you very much yeah, for being well, here. You, we Nick. appreciate it's it. I thank have you. gleaned so much and learned so much from you, and you've been an extreme help to me this year. To anybody watching, um, Nick's a guy to go to. If you have investment questions, if you oh, have thanks. houses, anything like that, he legitimately like took us from here to – he has condensed an, an immense amount of knowledge into teaching me this year. It's been awesome. Well, you've helped me too. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Investor Shed Podcast. Please like the video and subscribe to the channel for instant access to all future episodes. If you or someone you know has investing experience or stories to share, reach out to us in the comments or via email.